Yes, yes, yes. What is up? What is up? Mixed Combat Radio family. Another weekly show live on YouTube on patreon.com forward slash network. I'm joined by the lovely host that I have, Gary and Dallas and Melody Dwarfing for your boxing. A lot to get into on today's show. A lot. Last weekend's shows against with Dan Rodriguez breaking a draw, but winning, MJ losing, Ashley Pandora losing in dramatic fashion, and of course, Stevenson maybe being the best lightweight on the planet. Plus, obviously, this weekend's show, which, come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest, man. It's been time. It's time, guys. It's China's rise here. Usyk is going down. It's over for Gary's boy. Okay? It hyped. Okay? I'm hyped. It's that time of the year. Okay? Um, and then some other shows. We had a show in Los Angeles with me and Melody were credentialed at, so we that one that was just high pass, uh, featuring the LA grudge match. A lot to get into. I mean, put it over first to Gary in Dallas. Gary, how are you? You're muted. You're muted. I'm good. Um, Usyk's not gonna fight your boy, he's gonna fight Dubois, and then if the Fury fight doesn't come together after that, I think he's done. So, your boy will get a title shot. I just don't think it's gonna be against Usyk. Um, Bam Rodriguez made history. We haven't done that a show since then. First ever two division world champion from San Antonio. Um, that shows the talent pool there, right? Congratulations, Texas! And and, and uh, Barrios is going to follow suit. He's going to be a two-time WBA regular champ. WBA Barrios. regular champion, <laughs> just a reg. But I mean, it's still a champion. But though. when they strip Errol Spence for not fighting, then he becomes he gets elevated, right? I mean, so. It'll be think he should. world champ. We're getting that. Can we talk about that too? Like how no one fights anymore. Like actually, fighters actually fighting is like so 1990s. Like that's like we don't do that anymore. Ew. I look at all these guys on the wall: Jamal Tall, Jamal Tall, Errol Spence. When was the last time these guys fought? I don't. I can't. I actually cannot tell you. It's been one year ago today that Spence fought. And he doesn't even have anything on the docket. It's not like he's got a fight in six weeks. There's like nothing. Yes, when did Jamal last fight? Two years ago. Jamal or Jamal? Jamal? Jamal's been almost two years. It'll be two years this summer. Jamal was um, Castano, the rematch, right? Yeah. That was, what, last year? Yeah, it had to be last year. Last ball? Like, uh, yeah. She was in camp member. Mm-hmm. That's going on a year now, too, isn't it? Yeah. But at least yeah. he's got something on the docket, and he's fighting in June. Who's he fighting? So, it seems to be a Texas boxing issue, right? Oh, what on earth? I got Maurice Hooker. I got Errol Smith. I got both Charlo twins. What? None of them fight. Like none of no, well, none of them Burge fight. Shouldn't fight. Verge fights once a year, right? <laughs> There's Verge. Just don't fight anymore at all. Yeah, yeah. Bam's gonna be out for a year. Maurice Hooker's but, done. So but Bam always fights, right? Like, like he's gonna be out. They said six months, but that he can't start sparring or anything to, for six months. So. He's oh, likely done till the end of the year, right? Yeah, Maybe he can fight in December or early, early next year. But it's it's going to be six months until he can resume sparring again. That puts us at October. So realistically, probably the earliest he could fight is January, February, right? Before we get into that, okay, everyone, go check out Texas boxing scene on YouTube. Gary was there in person 
for the band fight. Definitely check out all of his interviews and uh, live sort of fight content. Uh, also, my other co-host, our other co-host, Melody Joy from the Beauty of Boxing. Melody, how are you doing? Have, I not, oh, have you not even said hello to me? I know. Gary was rambling. Do you know? You, you have to stop oh, Gary. You like... have to, he gets going about Texas, <laughs> you know? Okay. How was your weekend to fight? You know, 360 promotions. You were it there. so much fun. Yes, it was nice. It was nice and cold. Oh, we went to Carson also the weekend before. So, for Mendoza Fendora. That's yes, where the what? punch bowl is. Yeah, we did leave early for that one because it was so, so cold. cold. So oh, cold. God, so it was cold. miserable. It was miserable. It was not. You know, StubHub, it's one of those. It's outdoors. It's a give and take situation. It's horrendous. Um, what? Do you consider cold? Like, give me a temperature. It was windy, and it was... It's going to be bad. It was maybe 60 degrees, but with wind chill. So, like, it felt (laughs) like 52, 50, and... Yeah, not... It was so hot that day that I don't think either of us kind of dressed for windy 50-degree weather. No, I was wearing a short little dress, remember? Because I thought it was going to be chill, but no, it was so freaking cold. Yeah, it was not fun. It was L.A. cold, for sure. Okay. This weekend was fun because it was... Indoors. Indoors. With heater. Yes. Um, we got good food, too, so... Yeah, shout out to those $25 <laughs> I vouchers. I love yeah. Um, But digressing. Oh, 360? Uh, Loeffler gave you $25 worth of vouchers? Each. So we had 50 bucks. That's, that's and, good. And he was nice enough to say, and you can go, guys go get like Modelo's too, but the vouchers specifically said you cannot get alcohol with them. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a, I felt like it was an entrapment there from Tom, you know, like, do you want me to go buy liquor and then say like, I can't? They were going to let you drink in the press area? That's what they, Tom they said. They did. Hey, we, we oh. specifically got an email from Anthony Lever saying, there's no drinking in the press area. <laughs> Oh, you know what? That's that's matching. It's remember different. though, remember when Tom used to do it at the um, Avalon, yeah. and the literally at the Avalon, the the media had its separate bar upstairs. Yes, that's we true. Had, and it was free. Yeah, vodka. It, was op- it was open bar. It was open bar for media. Yeah, Tom. What? Tom liked. <laughs> I, I, remember I told Tom about sugar daddies or something? I called him. Remember? I got, I, I do remember I when I was so uh, drunk. When I was credentialed or and or like worked with Triple G's team for the first Canelo fight, that we had open bar at the press conference for us. We also at the press conference. Ooh, riled everybody up. Open bar at the press conference. Yeah. No bueno. Um, and then at the actual fight, we got we weren't in media section. We were in like VIP section because we worked with Triple G's team, but we got open bar there too. Mm-hmm. So Tom has always been. He's very pro. He, hey. I think he's. Alcohol. I think he's like at least part Irish for how much he reps Callum Walsh. <laughs> he must. So uh, I. I feel like the the Guinness flows through him. You know. Yeah, he's a wonderful provider. <laughs> I remember doing the Mungia Spike Sullivan fight at the Alamo Dome, right? And uh, I guess Oscar had fallen off the wagon, right? But like, so Chavez was in the press area doing the Spanish broadcast. Yes. And. He just started letting people in, and everyone was drinking in the press box, and then like everyone it was like a party. So then they're like scantily clad, like twenty year olds, like all right, go ahead, just just go in, just go in. So, so I got like these two half naked twenty year olds sitting next to me, right? And uh, Jahir Martinez from uh, Fight Hub, like he's like in between. I'm like, who are you with? They're, like we're just fans. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, um, but they've cracked down a little bit. That was three years ago. So they've, they've cracked down a little bit. That was a little. 
little over the top. Well, plus, like, big shows usually have a different, like, set, you know? Like, that's the reality. Like, big shows usually really give be, out those ethics and guidelines. You can't really get be drunk, like, at a big, big show, like the Canelo fight or those the big fights in Vegas. When you're and, regularly and, and, Yeah, yeah. To, and try to be productive. Because you have to walk so much, and then tr- you're you got to be responsible for camera stuff, your laptop, keys. Uh, that's a mess. That's a no. I would say no drinking on those kind of, you know. If it's a local like you know club show, I feel like the rules are always a little bit different, with like terms of etiquette and stuff. Um, plus, like the type of in. media you see are usually different. Like media for big shows aren't necessarily the ones that are there for the small shows, depending on your market. Right, like for, for example, like we were at a small 360 show. Yeah, you get some people that are there that go to big shows, but not always. It's about half and half for who gets access there. Um, so just a different clientele, so to speak. Um, we, we, we were supposed to talk about Bam. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, we did at this 360 show a little bit more. Um, people that normally wouldn't be there because Anderson Silva was there. Remember? Yeah, and it's. 360. And, 360's a, a midway promotion. Like it's not just a small time club show. It, you know, they have UFC Fight Pass access. They have Dana White funding. You know, like it's this, Yeah, Lawless got money. Cool. Yeah, yeah Lawless rich. After this last one this last fight, he filled up that crowd. We know that for a fact really that good. that production crew is fifteen thousand. Yeah. Straight up. Because we've been there. Base is level. this one of those cars that were at the Double Tree Ontario? Where, where was No, it? no, he moved it to the Commerce Casino. Where, where we where we had our fights last yeah, year. Yes, where we used to have our fights. Okay. Um, but anyways, digressing, guys. Back yeah. to Bam. Bam. Gary's in Texas and was it San Antonio? How was right? it? Undercard. What do we got going? Yeah, um, Mark Castro, Madrimov, Raymond Ford, who hates Gary. Magdalena on the upset. MJ, MJ losing to Marlon Tapales. I mean, it's some, it's some good stuff. Losing. How did you get? Well, let's. You want to start at the with the undercard? Or you want to start with Bam? Start at the undercard. All right, Mark Castro. Great amateur. He ain't it as a pro. Like, if you look at where Keyshawn Davis is compared to where Mark Castro is, same age, it ain't even close. Like, Mark Castro, he's about to get beat. Um, Do you remember uh, Raymond Ford, after he lost to Eddie Vasquez, he came back on the Bam Rodriguez versus Rungvisite card. He fought a guy named Rick Medina from San Antonio. I want to remind everyone that Raymond Ford does not have a loss on his record, and this is Gary's haterade and why Raymond Ford does not like Gary. You can go to Texas Boxing Scene and you can pull up the interview, the press conference with Eddie Hearn post fight, and he said Raymond Ford lost. And it's always an uncomfortable thing to tell your fighter he lost, right? It's not, I think he lost. Like, it was one of the worst decisions I'd ever seen. And it's not just because Eddie Vasquez is a personal friend of mine, it's because it was one of the worst decisions in the history of the sport. And it's no shade at Raymond Ford. Like, you don't got to cuss me out, pal. Like, I, I, it's nothing personal. He just lost. And- messenger. I can see why it's heated though, because like he doesn't have a lot on his yeah. record, man. And I know like Gary, hey, I understand how like you know we think and stuff, but uh, yeah, I can see why Raymond Ford doesn't like you. But like, so his next fight, he fought a kid named Rick Medina from San Antonio in San Antonio. Good friends with Rick Medina's promoter and, and team, and they all told me he was going to beat Raymond Ford. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, I, I don't think Raymond Ford sucks. I don't think he's trash. He just lost to Eddie Vasquez, right? Like. And like Eddie Vasquez says, Eddie Hearn promised him a rematch, and then there was, that never happened. And Eddie, Eddie Vasquez is like, he should, I would stay the hell away from me too if I was his team, right? Like, and, and he should, because you got beat up bad. You should stay away from 
a pressure fighter like that. But um, what were we even talking about? Uh, you were, ta- were talking about the undercard. <laughs> yeah, Mark Castro is not it. Raymond Ford, pretty good performance. But Castro is one of, the, one of those guys, great amateur, not it as a professional. I think he's going to get farther than you think. Like, he'll hover in a top 10 spot eventually. But that's not what he was signed to be. He was signed to be a, a world champ. He was signed to be Keyshawn Davis. Like, if yeah. Keyshawn Davis just became a top 10 guy, wouldn't you say that's a disappointment? Wait, wait. Keyshawn Davis is a top 10 guy? Are we sure about that? No, I'm saying if that's all he ever became. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, yes, but, I mean, any of these, like, blue-chip prospects, like, a few amount actually materialize into like long-term champions. You, know, you, you even have guys like Joseph Diaz, who is also embroiled in like rape scandals and stuff, digressing. Um, like he's like a multiple time champion, but he doesn't have the career that you would expect from that 2012 Olympic team. Right. So, I mean, I, it's one of those things where you're right. That's a disappointment. It's also not totally unexpected. And I would also say that Matchroom has, Missed on a lot of their prospect, pickups. especially in America. Bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like in the UK, Matchrooms of Titan and overall has like a monopoly over the market in the UK. For being quite honest, Queensbury is a nothing compared to it, especially in terms of actual profit margins. Uh, and they're also doing really good stuff in Italy. So, like, yeah, the UK does good stuff in other places. I mean, Matchroom does good stuff in other places, but here in the US, they've been hit or miss. And more on the miss side. More on the miss side. Emma Williams, good signing. Uh, what but he's also him? not a guy that's going to be a world champion and have this long-reigning career. Like He's, he's not, not going to have a long-reigning career. He's going to be in a world title fight. He's going to get a world title shot at some point. Whether so he wins Castro? or not, who knows? So are Mark Castro? Because Castro had such expectations, right? Like, like, he was signed. Like, he was supposed to be – he was supposed to be their Keyshawn Davis. He was supposed to be the future of the, of Matchroom USA, and he's not. Like I, I get, it. he does. I'm not saying he sucks. He doesn't suck. Raymond Ford's better than he is. Well, I mean, they're just different styles. Like Mark Castro is an aggressive style, where like he's going to get hit more. He's going to look more susceptible to 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 damage and violence and offense. Guys like Raymond Ford, Keyshawn Davis, they're boxers first. So their mentality is like, I'm not going to get hit as much. I'm going to try to counter. I'm going to try to maximize my efficiency here. And it's just a totally different style. I don't necessarily think that one is better at this point in time, especially Raymond Ford and Mark Castro. Keyshawn Davis, I do think, is a level above those guys. Um, But I don't know what his ceiling is. It's very hard to tell with these prospects. I mean, how many of them have like not panned out? Honestly, we've, we've had a lot of this, the next Mayweather, this, the next, this guy, this, the next, that guy. And none of it's happened. I mean, how many times have we heard this, the next Manny Pacquiao after every Filipino mm-hmm. wins a major fight? None of it materializes. So I, I'm, I'm not expecting it to happen. I'm expecting guys of these nature, like when they're get a little hype as a prospect there, I'm expecting them to get to the top 15 after that. Who knows? It's a toss up. It's a toss-up. It is. It's the margins of error are so small. All right. Um, and then the MJ. Did you guys think MJ lost that fight? I had him winning wide. And I, the, I'll be honest. The, I only watch highlights of it. Me too. Because we missed it. We missed it. Yes. Um, I forget why we missed it, but we missed it. 
Um, it looked like a boring fight from what I saw. You know, imagine put like the 20 minute highlight reel, right? Um, the Filipino did better. From what we saw, I mean, what he, we saw he did better. From what from what we saw and what Matchroom put out, I put it that way. The way they edited edited it was that it was a slow fight. Both guys at range, looking at each other for most of the time. Yeah. MJ just never we, I did, like we pulling did, on the trigger. Did, we, did you ever see I, his power during that fight? The last two rounds, the last two or three rounds, it, oh, it, yes. MJ had that huge comeback. Right. That it looked like was really putting on Marlon Tapalis. But again, I didn't square it round by round, right. so. It's possible, I would assume, because of the way the first eight rounds, nine rounds went, how slow they were, that you can find four or five rounds for MJ. Uh, I mean, all the scorecards were close except for one. One guy had it, Javier Alvarez had it 118, 110. But every that, other judge had it. Who had 118? That was Lisa Jampo, wasn't it? No. No, no, who you had, got there's, uh, Javier. Ha, Javier Alvarez, 118-110. Okay. Sergio Caez, 113-115. And Jose Roberto Torres, 113-115. Um, actually, that 118 might be towards MJ. I don't so know. That's towards MJ. That's how I had it. Like, I was sitting with um, um, J- Jake Donovan. And we're watching this fight, and we're like, okay, we're going almost every round for MJ. And then we looked up behind us, lots of replay, and they had Max the scorecard. And Maddox had um, uh, MJ losing. He had the Pauls winning. And me and Jake Dunn was like, there's no way. Right? Like, there's, there's no way. And it also could be then a they thing went to the cards, and the judges agreed with Maddox, not us. We're like, okay. I, and then in the post fight, I was talking to Eddie. Eddie, like, it was a really close fight. I thought maybe 115, 110. Like, we, we, we had it in line with the 118, 110 MJ. Like, a couple rounds early. For Tapalas, like two or three, but that's it. And then I thought, second half of the fight, uh, MJ swept all everything. Like from six on, he won everything. I mean, maybe we should go back and like score it, you know, especially since like it, it, if it's apparently like debate. Um, I will say, from what I saw in terms of the reaction to it, most people thought it were, was close. Yeah. When I saw like Box and Twitter talk about it, it was, it's a close so fight. Close, yeah. You know, it wasn't, this is a robbery. I didn't see no. that type of narrative. It was just put out. more that, like, okay, maybe, maybe MJ, you know, didn't get uh, worked in the beginning enough. Mm-hmm. And so more people were just like, okay, we'll take it. But I don't know. I, we'll have to, uh, literally, we, had, we didn't see the whole thing. No. We saw highlights. And it's Matchroom's version of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I will I mean, say, but the Filipinos do seem freaking happy about it. That, <laughs> Woo! Um, they should be. DePaulis is one of the good guys in the sport. Like, I'm happy for DePaulis. And I like his manager, Shane Shapiro, good dude. But, like, I, I thought he lost, like, a wide decision. I, I didn't – it was competitive, but I didn't think he was winning the rounds. Uh, again, I probably have to go back and watch it to actually score it. Uh, main event, though, your boy, Bam Rodriguez, pretty much dominated Christian – uh, Gonzalez Hernandez in a all right fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can definitely tell that uh, Bam slowed down midway through the fight. He came out obviously and said he broke it, broke his jaw. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I forget what round I think it said the sixth Six, round. Six. Yeah, um, so it kind of coincides with him kind of slowing down and going for the decision more. Um, I mean, Gary, your thoughts on obviously the recovery, your thoughts on does this affect him as a fighter? long term to where 
if he were to go to fight guys like Roman Gonzalez or Estrada, now he has a weak chin, so to speak, structurally speaking now. Is this a big issue in terms of potential fights we're looking at? I don't think so, right? Like, lots of fighters have broken their jaw, and, they, and they've come back just fine. Um, I, I think, you know, he'll, he'll rest it. Like, he's obviously, you know, he's a warrior, right? Like, he, 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 he fought six rounds with a broken jaw. We, we saw Zach Parker quit against John Ryder. Same situation. Dominating the fight, broke his jaw, John Ryder quit immediately, right? Victor Ortiz also, same thing, broke his jaw, quit immediately. Bam fought through it. Um, like, I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term problem. I still don't know where it happened. Like, they, he said he got hit with an uppercut in the sixth round. I Like, he never touched it. Like, he didn't back away from it. Like, he never really favored it. So, he can deal with pain, right? I mean, is it going to be a reoccurring thing? I don't know, but he can fight through it. I, I don't see it hampering his career long-term. Although, maybe it's something... Keep your mouth shut, first of all. Bite down. Right? And you can avoid that, right? It's like wearing your seatbelt. Like, you could break, you know, you could die in a car accident if you wear your seatbelt, but you've drastically reduced the chances if you wear your seatbelt. If you bite down your mouthpiece, you're probably not going to break your jaw. Um, I, no, I, I don't think that's going to be a long-term thing. They said he's going to be out six months to heal, which means he can't spar or anything. So he's going to be out a long time. It, it, we're probably not going to see him in all likelihood until 2024. Um, as far as the performance, I thought given his opposition, he took what Gonzalez gave him. I had him winning like 10 or 11 rounds. I didn't think it was close yeah. at any point. Um, you know, Gonzalez, I don't think came to win, like, or, or at least not after a couple of rounds, right? Like, cause he was landing some shots on the inside. Like he was having some success on the inside, but he just didn't want to be there. Right. It's like, well, this is Bam's wheelhouse. It was like, you're fighting for a world title. You may never get another shot again. You're having your best success on the inside, not on the outside, on the inside. So I know like that's not conventional, but wouldn't you want to stay there? Like, wouldn't you want to fight on the inside where you're having success? At least give it a, a shot. Maybe you get knocked out, but maybe you win a world title. I, I you know, I was a little bit disappointed with Christian because I, I thought he, he could have fought a little harder where he, I felt like he was fighting to survive pretty early on in that fight. Um, and he wouldn't he wouldn't engage, and he was just, like content with losing rounds. I felt like I, and I going much, the distance. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Uh, Melody, any other thoughts on this card before we uh, head to the next one? Mm, let's move on. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Yes, we do. ESPN uh, that same day, Shakur Stevenson fought uh, Shiro Yoshino. I believe how you pronounce that name. I'm probably butchering that completely. And Shakur, I mean, dominated this undefeated fighter. I mean, it was. It wasn't even close. He got him out of there within six rounds. This was probably the meanest we've seen Shakur. Um, I think him at 135 presents a lot of issues. That Now he's sort of grown into his frame, grown into his size, added more muscle. And then, obviously, the massive skill set he has, the massive IQ he has. I, he might be the best guy at 135. You know, technically speaking, pound for pound. If you put him up against Loma, Devin Haney, Tank, Ryan, and we have a tournament, he beats them all. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is a distinct possibility now. And I'm actually probably leaning that way. Where even a guy like Tank, who I think is the best in the division, technically speaking right now, I think he could get, 
picked apart by Shakur. I think Shakur is the type of guy that could answer anything that Javante has, pick him apart, and get him out of there within eight rounds. I mean, Shakur is that really mean, sort of Bernard Hopkins-esque fighter. You know, like it's when you look at his style, it shouldn't be exciting, but to me, it's really exciting. I love how he breaks down opponents. Uh, Gary, thoughts? Yeah, he's the the most skilled fighter in the weight class. Um, you know, he's the best boxer. Like, you know, he's 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 gonna out Devin Haney. Devin Haney, like if they fought, he's just better at everything than Devin Haney. Um, Haney's bigger, you know. Um, but that's about it. As I, Tank Davis is the one fight I because I've always said if you have the explosiveness, the power, and the timing that Tank has, eventually you're gonna knock everyone out. That's the one fight I would kind of. Put an asterisk in there. I, I don't know. Like he could out. Like Ryan Garcia is going to be beating him until he gets knocked out, right? Like Leo Santa. Like you're winning until you get knocked out. And I, I, you know, yes, Shakur Stevenson is is a master craftsman. He's way more crafty than any of those guys I just named, right? But his Tank's timing is impeccable. Is and he's so explosive and he hits so hard. I to me, it's just a matter of time. So. I think he could run through that division until he gets in the tank, and then I don't know. Yeah, because you don't know what kind of damage he's going to have been done until he gets there. Well, I mean, yeah, tank's the one asterisk I have, right, for Shakur's run through this division. I think he picks apart Loam. I think he picks apart Haney. Like you said, out Haney, Haney's like that description, <laughs> Gary. Um, and Ryan Garcia, I think, is just not a, a test for Shakur, to be quite honest. But Tank is the power, the timing, the speed, and he has really good boxing ability. I think that's something that he has picked <laughs> up more as he's gone on his career. Uh, Tank's defensive abilities have improved. Mm-hmm. His, his IQ has improved drastically as well. Um, I don't know. Shakur just seems otherworldly to me, where like nothing phases him, nothing bothers him, and it's effortless. It's so effortless every time he fights. Like, Shakur, even in his toughest fights, hasn't been in a tough fight. No, he looks like he's floating in there. It's it's wild to me. And it's, it's again, in a very stripped-down, rudimentary style. Because Shakur doesn't do anything flashy, really. Mm-mm. He walks you down with basic boxing fundamentals that are perfected. Um, you know, Melody, thoughts on Shakur? I mean, he's a guy that ESPN's probably in top rank. That's their next guy in terms of who could lead the company in any way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because Terrence is gone. Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury. In in the UK, not able to. <laughs> who, who else does Top Rank really have that can well, care? Mary, do you know? Oh no. We're gonna get some Kale Mary later. <laughs> okay. No, I. I mean, honestly, Shakur, they have to hold on to with everything they have. Oh yeah. If I'm Top Rank. I make sure he is happy, he is satisfied, and I am pushing him in New York City. Like, that's where, like, every fight from now on needs to be in New York City or New Jersey. Or Jersey. If if I'm top ranked. There's no reason to have a fight anywhere else in the world. Have him be the Zab Judah, the Miguel Cotto, New York, Tri-State, you know, draw, you know, because he can do that. He can hold the whole East East Coast, You think? I think, yeah. Just like Tank can go to Baltimore right now and sell out any venue. Like, Tank at Baltimore Ravens Stadium. I think would be a massive fight for the right matchup. Um, you know, like that's how I would promote. But I don't know. I'm rambling. Melody, any thoughts on Shakur? 
Or Gary jumps in. I know him. No, I'll let Gary go ahead and talk. I don't really have anything to say because you've already just said everything. Yeah. You, you know Bob Arum is going to put him in Reno, Nevada again. <laughs> After you just said this, I'm going to put him in Reno. That, that, that's how I can get him out there. <laughs> deal with the casino. <laughs> nah, Eddie, Eddie calls up Bob and like, Bob, I got this great deal on a oh, casino no. in Mulvane, Kansas. Okay? <laughs> to, trust me. Okay. Get the whole crowd there. I mean, Gary, I mean, you're a guy that's lived in New York. Um, you know, I spent some time in, in New York, more than Melody has. Um, and what's your thoughts on Shakur being a, the next Zab Judah or Miguel Cotto level draw for the Tri-State? Cotto's going to be tough, right? Because I, 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 I know Shakur Stevenson is Puerto Rican, right? His mom's Puerto Rican, right? So he's got that. But you don't look at him. Let's say he's Puerto Rican, like Miguel Cotto, right? Uh, he has the Puerto Rican flag on his trunks. He's Puerto Rican. It's the same thing as the pitcher, Marcus Stroman, right? Marcus Stroman, so I'm going to pitch on the Puerto Rican national team. Like, but you're black. He's like, Mom's from Puerto Rico. I can pitch on the Puerto Rican national team. But, all right. Um, I think Shakur Stevenson, yeah, he can, he can be a draw. It, it, it's tough, though, right? I think Jude is a good comparison. Cotto was such a star there, right? Because he knocked people out. Is Shakur going to knock people out at, at the highest level? He could, but he's it, that he's got to commit to that. Like, he can get you out, but he can't get you out in a hurry, right? It's going to be systematically break you down, pick up the pace, and then stop you. Does he want to do that, right? Because you, you, you know, pretty boy Floyd did that, right? Mm-hmm. Old man Floyd, money Floyd, nah, I'll just win all 12 rounds, right? So I don't know, right? If you can't stop people and everything goes 12 rounds, it's going to be hard to be a draw. Um, but you say Zab Judah, like Zab Judah came up, he was supposed to be a Southpaw version. Like he was supposed to be what Shakur Stevenson is right now. Like that's the kind of hype that surrounded him. And and, and Judah had a good career, right? Mm-hmm. But like he was supposed to be the next great one and he was just good. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say that. He's he's on, oh, you can't see him. He's on the wall. Oh, he's on the wall too? He's, oh. Yeah, he's on the wall. There he is. Um, All the way. Yeah, I, I wonder like what like a stoppage win over one of those big four names would do for Shakur. Like if he was to fight Lomachenko or Haney in the Garden or the Barclays Center and stop one of them, like that would be massive. Bro. And on you know you have the ESPN backing and push. I just it, it feels like it'd be so natural as a promotion to do that. Yeah, I, I feel like if they miss it somehow. It's it's just another one of those signs that top rank is so far behind on how to promote boxing nowadays. And even though like this is like old promotion like tactics, like put a yeah. guy in his hometown, like build him up that way, like. But it's like it, they don't know. No, it's like they don't know how to change from the old way of doing no, boxing. I feel like, like they even forgot their old ways. They don't know how. They don't know what to do anymore. The fuck they're doing, or maybe they just have half and half. Like they half of the old people. Half new, you know, the new generation, and, and they just don't. There's no you know, unison. There's, there's no, no direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know because I, Shakur could be an easy Zab Judah level star, and I think oh, like yeah. like Gary said, like you have to get him a little bit. He has to get some big finishes mm-hmm. to be a Miguel Cotto level star, and I'm going to put an asterisk to that as well because I don't think he's ever going to be the pay per view level draw of Miguel Cotto. I think that's just that's hard. Earl Spence isn't that. Honestly, like Miguel, Miguel Cotto was 300,000 plus for a good while. Earl Spence is a 200,000 plus consistently, you know? I don't think well, Earl Spence doesn't fight, so factor that in too. 
every Gary <laughs> sounds hurt. He sounds a little hurt about that. Um. Anyways, um, Jared Anderson, Gary's thought of the next best heavyweight, won early against George Arias. Keyshawn Davis won a little bit late against Anthony Yigit. Um, though, I mean, it's not like Keyshawn Davis is the heaviest hitter, so not too surprising, but he dominated as expected. Carrington. Uh, Bruce Carrington got that massive Beautiful. KO. That was yep. nice. Uh, and Troy Isley of the Isley brothers also got a, a big win. <laughs> Um, so that's that's important to the see. Isley Brothers. I I hope he's related to the Isley Dude, Brothers. That'd be nice, huh? In an era where we randomly saw Anderson Silva's son oh, fight, yeah, and we had was... no idea that was happening, I I wish this Troy Isley is like the son or great grandson of one of the Isley Brothers. Okay, that's oh, all I, I gotta it. say. Anyways, Gary Melody, any other thoughts on the ESPN top rank card? Any hot takes on Jared Anderson beating Zhang? He'd beat Zhang. I think the only guys he wouldn't beat right now are Usyk and Fury. Agree to disagree, Gary. Shout out to Jared Anderson, though. He is the best, I think, boxing prospect at heavyweight we have right now. Uh, because Dubois and Joyce are no longer prospects. Like, Jared Anderson's the next great prospect that we have. What about Frank Sanchez? I'm not sold on Frank Sanchez. I think Sanchez is good. I mean, he's good, but I don't know. I mean, he. He has that one issue that Cuban fighters have where, like, sometimes in the middle of the fight, their head just goes somewhere, and that's not the fight. <laughs> and I don't know what it is with Cuban fighters, but it seems to be, like, a running trend with them. I don't know why. I love Cuban fighters to death. I know Gary does, too. But, I mean, the Bartholomew brothers, Luis Ortiz, Gamma Rigandau, Yorikis Gamboa. I mean, the list goes on of... Cuban fighters that just kind of go cuckoo every once in a while in the ring. You seen them like they look like lights out. They they all are just <laughs> like they're they're in another world. I don't get it. But digressing, uh, like Frank Sanchez, but no, Jared Anderson's a, a level above Frank Sanchez in my opinion. Um, also that weekend, um, speaking of Frank Sanchez, I think he was on the card, wasn't he? Hold on, let me pull it up. Wasn't Gary? Wasn't he on the Fundora? Part? Yeah, he fought. He got a what? first round knockout over Daniel Martz. We missed that one because that happened right before we got there, Melody. Okay, we missed that one. I, I just see- stay busy fight because he hadn't fought in a while. Oh yeah, because we didn't see Corona either. Yes, yes. Um, but the main event: Sebastian Fundora versus Brian Mendoza. Uh, wow. Talk about ending a prospect's hype. Oh, rough, man. rough. I mean, look, I. I think I need to come on the show and say that I was wrong about Sebastian Fundora. I thought he was kind of going to steamroll Brian Mendoza. Yeah. I thought Mendoza was just going to be an aggressive fighter, but a hittable fighter, and Fundora is a better inside fighter. Um, that didn't happen. And then Fundora got, I mean, knockout of the year. Wow. It's close yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. It was lights out. I mean, Brian Mendoza, I mean, put his name in the hat for a Jamel Charlo fight. I don't think he's going to get it. But he put his name in the hat, and he's close to getting it, in my opinion. He can probably just wait it out. Like, he can wait out Charlo fighting somebody else Mm -hmm. and then get a fight in a year if he really wanted to. That wouldn't be out of the question if he wanted to take a little break from the run he's been on. Um, A way to put your name on the map? Mr. Mendoza, congratulations. That was a great knockout. Gary, any thoughts? I, I thought it would be a t- I thought Mendoza was good. I said that on the last show that we did. I didn't think that would happen. I didn't pick him to win, but I, said, I thought it would be a good fight. And I, I thought 
so Fandor is good. He's gonna have success. I don't think like this is over for him, right? Like, I don't think he's done. He'll be back. He's good, but he's gonna be flawed. Like he's got flaws. If you can, you know, like it's like Paul Williams, right? Like Paul Williams, I love, but like you could expose him because he was defensively flawed. Now he was offensively really good. So if you let him get in his ratatat style, he was gonna take you apart and and, and stop you. But you could he could be had, right? Like like. With the right fighter, he could be had. And you saw that with Laura, who beat the hell out of him and got the worst decision in the history of the sports. All the judges got suspended after that fight. And you saw, you know, Sergio Martinez land the one shot on him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like Mendoza's cut from that cloth, right? Like he's gonna get wins and he's gonna beat good fighters, but he's also gonna lose and lose spectacularly. Yeah, I agree. Um, this was kind of a fight of equals in a way. It felt like just one was six nine and one was like a normal height for a human <laughs> being that weight. Um, I I like I, I can't wait to see what Fenora does next. I think he's going to be like you said limited due to his lack of defensive skills. Plus, with that height, you know, guys are going to get under his reach and then he's just exposed. He's open to getting hit. This is exactly how I thought. The Charlo fight was kind of going to go down, or yeah. the Tim Zhu fight, if that ever happened. I thought both those guys were going to get on the inside, land oh, a shot, so and it was it was going to be over. It was going to be over yeah. for Fedor. Um, I I I'm excited to see Mendoza next too. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. Tim Zhu or Jamal Charlo or I don't know who else really would matter in the division at this point for him. Um, he already beat like Jason Rosario. He already. I mean, he's beat Fandora. I mean Lubin, but I, I feel like that's such a that's such a sidestep or a backstep. Vito Melnicki. Did you just say Vito Melnicki? <laughs> Gary, get off this show, okay? Vito Melnicki's gonna lose to my boy Jose Charles um, on, on this uh, Garcia. He's fighting on the tank card. card. He's fighting on the undercard. Anyways, Brandon Lee picked up a win against Pedro Campa. Um, Gabriel Maestra defeated. Devin Alexander, Adrian Corona, and Jerry Perez had to draw. Frank Sanchez picked up a win. Chris Ariola fought on the card, apparently. Um, oh, that dude, the, the oh Pacheco brother. The yeah. Pacheco brother knocked out uh, Felipe Torres and like broke his neck. Like, yeah, the guy was straight onto the stretcher. It was bad. It was so bad. They said that he broke his neck. His his eyes like were open when he was knocked out, and his neck because it was broken. Just hanging. Because he almost fell off. He fell, fell out, out of the, the, the ring, ring, but his head fell out. So his head's was... dangling off the side of the oh ring. Oh, my God. Broken with his eyes open, knocked out. It, I thought he died. It and was... it was in the first round, right? Yeah, first oh round. Oh, my God. It was so vicious. It's, and Diego Pacheco is his older brother. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. What a great I will say this, out. though. I, I don't expect much from Federico. <laughs> Uh, Pacheco Jr. Um, just because the way he looks, he looks like one of those heavyweights that he's, he should be 190 pounds, not 260. Like, like he's a cousin of Andy Ruiz, or like the poor man's David Benavides. But when David Benavides was a heavyweight, gosh, remember when David Benavides was fat, dude. Good, di- good times, man. No, shout to cocaine. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kids. It's a don't, hell of a drug. Don't, don't, kids. don't, don't do drugs. <laughs> um, also, especially not that one. If I could give any advice to any kid. Don't do blow. Don't do it. It Just is awesome. Weed. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah>. It's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, um, over in Japan, the same day on a uh, uh, Kiko Honda show, we had Kiko Martinez, the oh. Spanish legend, versus Raya 
Uh, no, it's not pronounced Ayo. I think it's Abe. 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 Abe, yeah. Um, and then obviously Kenshiro Tahaji versus Anthony. How do you pronounce the last name? I have no idea. Uh, Anthony Alasquala. Alasquala. Uh, who's from Maywood? Trains with a bunch of guys that we know. Was five and zero, stepping in on short notice to fight Kenshiro. Twelve days. And I mean, put on a show. If you hadn't seen that, I think you find it on YouTube probably oh God, at this point. He's, five, he's only five. It was only five and zero. Yeah. Taking on a twenty and one. Yeah. Oh my God. Kenshiro's an Olympian too. Like he had to go to Japan a week early to prep without his coaches. Like that's so hard. And, and you don't even speak the language. Yeah, you got like two weeks notice. It was rough. It was yeah. rough, but it was actually a really good fight. Such I, a good fight, though. Uh, Kenshiro did end up finishing him in the ninth round, um, but I am excited to see what what's next for Anthony, yeah. especially as a local guy. Yeah, Brian Maywood, you know, find you know, you know, sparring guys like Adrian Alvarado, who's a good friend of ours as well. Uh, but shout out to Kenshiro, mm-hmm. legend. Any thoughts on that, Gary? Before we move on to this weekend's, I unfortunately didn't get to see the card. I I was and then I I didn't see it. Although uh, Kiko got destroyed, didn't he? Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. He was a world champion like a year ago. Like, he like totally shot. Remember that? It's amazing. Bro, that was. When he became world champion, everyone was like, "What? Yo, what happened?" What? <laughs> Leo uh, finished. I thought. I thought Leo retired. I thought him. he was gone. Yeah, out of the game. As this was gonna be like some little, you know, he had to fight because he needed that fucking twenty four hundred dollar check or something. <laughs> Boom! He's a fucking champ. <laughs> what? Anyways, moving to uh, this weekend's cards, uh, it's time to talk about the next great heavyweight sensation, Gary. Jelly Zhang. Zhang Zhang. Defeating Joe Joyce. Your boy, Joe Joyce. Um, your That's man. not my boy. Okay, no. <laughs> not my boy. <laughs> I can't stand Joe Joyce. For the sake of this story, he's I your man. St- okay? Just, just let <laughs> it go. He's not my guy. I've hated on him since day one. We have. We've been we've been talking so much shit on Joe Joyce ever since we've seen him fight. One because he has ass beat in the World Series of Boxing, which is like that pseudo pro yes. shit by Usyk, right? Yes. And then as a pro, come on, he's looked so slow. Like he's he's walking through molasses, as they say yeah. in the South. No, he's got I don't think trunks. that's actually a Southern he's saying. What did Rob call? Rob had some really weird name for that. We had to Google. Like what is that? Like it's molasses. Why didn't you just say molasses? That's right. I forget about that. But it was just molasses. But the UK has a different word for molasses. Yeah, I know. Kind of like cilantro. Oh, Remember that's right. You? They don't call cilantro cilantro. They don't even know it's called cilantro because that's Spanish. In English, what does it translate to? I don't know, but the no, British no. are stupid. It's yeah, they're not. <laughs> I love you, Rob. I love you. Don't hate us. And they got taste buds like a bunch of idiots. Like that whole oh, yeah. region. Like Northern Tell Europe. Me. Like just Taste buds like idiots. Liberty, but China. You know, I don't know how you're gonna sleep tonight with that. I, I am. It's, I know. It's my it's my new blanket, guys. Um. Anyways, guys, back to the fight. Yeah. I mean, we all picked Joe Joyce to win this. I'm pretty sure, except for me. Well, you because we not. didn't we didn't do a show about we this. We didn't one, even talk about it because I think we didn't even we do a show this we, last week. We didn't even talk about technically it actually. But we, I, amongst ourselves talked about it. And me you, and you did. Course. I know you and Rob tweeted out in the middle of the fight too. Gary, that Joe Joyce was still going to win. Yeah. Gary, okay. What was going on? Uh, Melody, confirm it or not. I didn't. I said before the fight, yes. Zhang is going to win this. Yes, you did. Okay. Fortunately. So I was always right. Thank you. Zhang demolished Joe Joyce. I mean, yeah. Joe Joyce is one. I mean, he has no head movement to speak of, and facing a southpaw that's 180 pounds, same height as him, a lot of power. 
always, I think, going to be a little bit of an issue for him, to be quite honest. But nobody was really, really... Joe, I mean, Jane just lost to Philip Hergovich, for fuck's sake. I, that's what I'm saying. Nobody thought, like, hey, this guy's going to come out and just whoop Joe Joyce's ass. For six rounds. Like, brutalize him. Like, everything he landed. All the pain he, Joe Joyce put on Daniel Dubois yeah. was thrown back yes, yes. on him it's by like Zhang. Karma, karma all to, yeah. I feel like we I were vindicated, like, Gary, yeah. by the Dubois pick because now Zhang avenged us. Um, and let's be honest here, guys. Okay. Joe Joyce in this fight, everyone was saying he's going to win it. Okay. Usyk's going to fight him next as Usyk couldn't get the Tyson Fury fight. Right, right. And I understood that completely. So now does but Zhang now, get Usyk? Zhang should get Usyk, guys. Okay. <laughs> and look, yes, here's the reality, Gary. Okay. We've seen the game plan for Zhang to win against Usyk. Okay. <laughs> Chaz Witherspoon laid hands on Alexander Usyk. Let's not forget that. Okay. Derek Trezora also landed hands on oh, Alexander Zora. Usyk. Both guys are old. Both guys suck. Okay. Hey, whoa. I mean, don't throw blows, bro. Sorry, I love you, Derek Trezora. You're the best. Trezora was once a very sturdy man. Girthy. Um, but Zhang, let's be honest here, Gary. He if there is anyone that can pull off this type of upset, it's my boy Zhang. Okay, because think about it. The one person we said that could beat Usyk was Deontay Wilder on this show maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the power, the height, the timing, the speed. Now, Zhang doesn't have all those abilities. He's got none of them, but continue. Zhang <laughs> has power. Let's not... He's got some power. He doesn't have all the power, but he's got power, sure. He's got power. I mean, it's look, we went through 30 minutes of promo for this event talking about Joe Joyce's bone density. Okay, and how he can't be knocked out, and then Jang knocked him out. I think it's safe to say Jang might be the heaviest hitter in heavyweight boxing history. Digressing from that, okay. That's <laughs> true because Joe Joyce is even human. He's kind of like a Greek god, like he's more than like a human, like he was built in a lab or something. Like Joe Joyce is like, the height behind. I'm like, it's Joe Joyce, bro. Like it's Joe Joyce. They measured his bone density and said it was like five times denser than the average human. You, this is before your time. Frank Warren had a heavyweight. And the, the, the English people, I was Rob was here, had a heavyweight named Herbie Hyde. Herbie Hyde won a WBO belt before the WBO belt was recognized. And he, Frank Warren goes, and you don't even know the name Herbie Hyde, right? Never heard of him, right? I heard of him. Frank Warren goes, he could beat Ali. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Like, bro, this is Herbie Hyde. Like, they, they, they do, Joe Joyce, like, they're making him out to be like, like he's Ivan Drago. Like, he's indestructible. It's like. The Joe Joyce is Gary, okay? Joe Joyce was on a great run, right? He was, he was. I, I, I mean, he beat guys that, like, are respectable names. Like, I was talking, talking, Brian Jennings, who are respectable. And then beat, like, former champions, Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker. I think. Put him yeah. in that position for a towel shot, right? Zhang just lost to Philip Hergovich and had a draw with Jerry Forrest. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Zhang like, should be the favorite against Usyk. I'm not insane, guys. What I do see, though, is that Usyk is a very small heavyweight that has been hit up by respectable but average guys as well. And I think the idea of Zhang having a very successful four to six round and maybe that being enough to stop Usyk is a distinct possibility. 
He's it's gonna have to stop him early. After, not- after round six, though, Zhang has cardio issues. So I think the reality is that once it goes past six, Usyk's in the clear. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. So Zhang does have a very small window to capitalize on a guy that's gonna be fast, that's gonna be moving, that's also a fellow southpaw, so he doesn't have that easy lane for his left hand. I know because I know Gary's gonna say that stupid shit as a counterpoint, but. Zhang has the size and the power to definitely land and hurt Usyk. And I will say that I don't think Zhang gets the respect in his boxing abilities that he should get. One, the Phil Hergovich fight was a very close fight. I think he only lost due to his cardio. Jerry Forrest, a very similar fight where he gassed out. What if he fought Wilder? I think Wilder would outpower him in a sense. Mm -hmm. I think Wilder has more one-punch knockout power than Zhang. Just like, and again, I would pick Wilder against Usyk in a fight. I think I'm going to pick Zhang against Usyk and be the fourth Chinese world champion in history and be a unified heavyweight champion. I'm picking it right now. And I hope, and honestly, in like a boxing, like for the sport, China's only been involved in boxing since the early 90s due to a variety of reasons. And check out my article, thebeautyboxing.com, wrote about that. Um, there's only been three world champions from China. There hasn't been any really major events in China except for Macau, which is a casino island off of the coast of Hong Kong. There hasn't been any mainland shows, so to speak. I would, I would love it if like an Usyk Zhang fight could happen in China in front of like a hundred thousand people. I mean, that's 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 doable. I think it's absolutely doable, especially with the way China has handled like public events now. Um, that's possible, and so it would China be China and Ukraine. You and it, it could be. They, it would be good for the sport. You have a, a country know. of one point six billion. I don't know. Want to be in that, that China and Ukraine mix? No, they're cool. They're cool. It's not Russia and Ukraine. We're good. We're good. I mean, We're good. We're good, guys. I don't know. Um, China's friends with everyone. China's friends with everyone. Um, but I think what it could do for the sport as a whole, something like Kobe going to China, and what that did for basketball in China. You know, we've seen that effect, and it's 1.6 billion people. That type of talent pool that's been untapped would be really important to support and to add infrastructure to. And this type of event, I think, would sort of be the catalyst to that, so to speak. That's where my two cents on Jane beating Usyk. And in in fourth champion. China taking over the sport. China taking over the sport. Yes, that's it. Right? Fifty years, China's gonna be like. You know how we talk about Japan and Japanese boxing, right? Like, give China 50, 60 years. I, I would not be surprised to, for them to be in that situation where they have as many world champions. They have as much of an invested combat sports ecosystem. We've seen it growing with MMA because of Ray Zhang with uh, the UFC being a former UFC champion. We've seen MMA be pushed a lot in China now. Um, so boxing, I think, is sort of the next thing to take over. I... I I just don't see why not. It's a, it's a country that has been very adamant, like we need to have international acclaim in sports. You, you know, and my, boxing is an international sport. You know, my heart belongs to the Philippines because I love the Philippines. China and so, the Philippines are cool. That's what I'm saying. So Asia, it, it it'll up every country in Asia. Yeah. I'm so for me, it'll make me happy because I love my Philippines. And then there's Thailand and all of you know Japan. It's gonna it'll be good for all. Of Asia, but China is the biggest. What market. is so good about Thailand, right? The, the, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, right, mm-hmm. got fired, and he got a bunch of calls 
uh, to be an offensive coordinator on a bunch of teams, right? And he said, don't call me. I'm going to Thailand and not coming back. Um, and he made millions right, as a head coach. What is, like, what, 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 why Thailand? I've heard other people, what is, like, why do people want to spend the rest of their life in Thailand in specific? Um, I think they're very friendly towards U.S. expats. Right, I was going to say that they have a lot of resort-like type living, yeah. um, private resort-type living away from public they, on their private islands. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's catered, it's, yeah. catered to It's white. built its industry around tourism yeah. and expats, so to speak, uh, Western expats. Um, it is also a very beautiful country. So yes, like beautiful, It's one of those things where like, I can imagine like if you go to Asia and visit there, like Thailand especially speaks to someone because of its beauty, its beaches. I, mm-hmm. I can see that 100%. Um, also, and, lady also, boys. Also, a lot of Thai people do speak English, too. Yeah. Like, if you're in the city, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, if it's a tourist speak, spot, yeah. A lot of Thai people speak English. So it's one of those that, again, it's, just, it's accessible in a way where, like, other countries maybe are a little bit harder. Um, like, for example, like, I know Japan, just because of its population density, it's harder to actually get Japanese citizenship if you're an American, for example, because it's so densely populated, they can't take in a bunch of mm-hmm, uh, immigration, so yeah. to speak. Um, so that's kind of why. Thailand's a big country. It's wide open. Um, and it's not tapped into. It's kind of like certain... It's un- it's Africa. definitely underdeveloped. Yes, yes. Like when Ghana got some Ghana eleven champions. Well, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, well, Thailand has always been a hub for like Muay Thai and Thai boxing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's there for like at least a thousand years tradition. Like that goes back a very long way. And so once we talk about like international combat sports, Thai fighters from the jump have been at the very top. But they've always been small people. Mm-hmm. That's why they've never been like big names because they're 105 pounds, right? You know, and 100. Soaking wet. Yeah, so like they're not <laughs> they're not going to be like in the U.S. But like if you look at some of like the greatest champions at minimum weight or flyweight, a lot of them are Thai or Japanese. Yes, of you course. know, they're always lighter. On yes, them. and I also think it's um, if you're talking about like combat sports, it has a huge like infrastructure for those types of events. You know, um, I remember like knockout CP Fresh Smart, right? Like he was fighting in Thailand all the time because he didn't need to go to Japan or the Philippines or the U.S. because he was making enough money fighting just in his home country because yeah. it was uh, it's, uh, it's a profitable enough industry, yeah. so to speak. Um, anyways, Gary, I don't know where we got to Thailand. Oh, China, Joe taking over. Yeah, yes. China's gonna take over. Any th- other thoughts on Joe Joyce, Jelly Zhang? I know I kind of went on a rant there, Gary. No, uh, I think um, Zhang will get a world title shot at the WBO. I don't think it'll be against Usyk. I think Usyk will fight Dubois, and he'll wait Duck. for the Fury fight. If that doesn't happen, I think we've seen Usyk's last fight. I really do. Um, so I don't. He'll, he'll fight for a world title. I don't know who the, who he would fight for. I mean, I, I don't know if they go down the list, but I think it would be for a vacant belt because I don't think Zhang 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 Zhang. Zhang? I, I Zhang. Both. Shame. Does anything for his legacy, so unless you could make it in Macau for like a hundred million dollars, I don't know. Maybe then he takes the fight, but I don't see Usyk taking that fight. I think it's Dubois, and then it's either Fury or retirement because he's like thirty six now, Usyk. Right, like he can walk away, undefeated, undisputed cruiserweight, and then unified heavyweight champion, seven belts, no losses. Like it's a heck of a career for Usyk. 
So I think it's Fury or Bust, unless they make a ridiculous offer from the right John, then, then he'll take it. Which is but, possible. I mean, that's yeah. the stage that would be, yeah, that'd be massive. Money. I mean, if you're trying to have this in like Beijing or Shanghai, yeah. like it's it's such a mega event. And those are such mega cities. We're talking about cities that are bigger than like New York City. Like 10 million. Like it's like their metropolitan areas are so developed and so it's densely crazy. populated. You have such a naturally, I think, rabid fan base for just entertainment in China. Um, I, I can't help but see somebody throw a big check at Usyk. Maybe he doesn't take it. Yeah. It's possible. Um, you know, like you said, like it's a potentially a risky fight. Mm-hmm. And it does really nothing for your legacy in a way, you know, you like, can go out like, okay. yeah, like Gary said, like you can just retire now and you have a, you have a hall of fame resume, Yeah, you know, pound for pound resume. So why, why do that? If you, you, you know, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's fury that catapults his legacy even more. So it's worth it. Yep. Um, Michaela Mayer, uh, didn't catapult anything in this win against Lucy Wildheart. Um, Opponent came in on 24 hours notice. Christina uh, Lind- Lindau. Yeah. Uh, I haven't pronounced the last name. Uh, had a discrepancy with her eye exam. So she was not given a license in the UK. And so we got Lucy Wildheart. Fake lens in her eye. Mm-hmm. And we got Lucy Wildheart in 24 hours notice. Um, From Swiss? Yes. Melody wrote an article on thebeautyboxing.com. Everyone should go check out. I talked a lot about the Michaela Mayer fight. Um, I mean, Melody, you want to give us your thoughts on what you thought with Mayor? I I wasn't that impressed. It's just, no. It, Mayor has continually kind of well, put it was on a rough, a rough a rough loss, but we knew before the last fight she had Felicia Baumgartner. She was yeah, bef- no before Alicia. Mm-hmm. Michaela Mayer was going to take us, you know, all the rounds. Jennifer Hahn. But as soon as she fought Hamadouche, her lost. I mean, it was pretty spit hard for her. She's boring. She's boring, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see like any. You like, see her cl- her outfit? Um, she was white, and it was like covered with blood. Like her nose was all bloody. Like, what? Well, I'm trying. I can try and see. Like, okay, this is somebody new. You have to change tactics. You have 24 hours to look up how to fight this girl. But you're supposed to be top cream of the crop here. You're supposed to be. In her eyes, she thinks she got cheated out of a win and she should have beat Alicia Bumgar. So, I mean, why didn't you show up and give us a knockout? Why didn't you give us a Terry Harper, you know, like Alicia I, did? I, I, Instead, we got every round. I mean, great, she was walking her down. That's what you should have done, but why didn't we get a knockout? Why didn't we get anything spectacular from her? I don't know, and I don't know if we ever are. You know how I talked about Alicia Court earlier as, like, it's effortless and he just like kind of just goes through like the fundamentals, but he's mean, he's aggressive, like he's unrelenting. Michaela Mayer is none of those things. No, the only thing she has is she has like the dog in her. Like, I don't know if it's childhood trauma, foster home. I don't know what it was. She just has this little umph, you know? But I don't see but it. But really. it's not it's it's not enough, I don't think. It's just not enough. I don't see her ever get aggressive with her opponent. Like go after them with a combination of flurry try to put them out. I just don't see that. I see you kind of go by the numbers. Gary, yeah. your thoughts? I, I kind of agree with Melody. I think she tried to pick it up with um, Bumgarner. It just didn't work. Yeah. I, I, she's tried to. It's just, and the more she did that, the more she fought in a, 
uh, Alicia's hands. I, I get what Melody's saying. Like, um, I, I, but I also agree with Matt. Like, there's nothing. Like, she's fundamentally good and she's long for her size. But she's not like, and I personally dislike her. So I, this could be biased. I, I, I openly root against Michaela Mayer. Like I don't like her. I bet her. She was unpleasant. I guarantee you, she's nasty to the wait staff at a restaurant. Like that's just the kind of vibe I got from her, right? Like I, I guarantee you, like she doesn't tip well and she's mean to the staff. Like she's degrading to the staff. I, I guarantee it. Like I, that's the kind of vibe. It's like Chris Maddox. If I hang out with Chris Maddox, like I guarantee you, he's not nice to the waiter. Oh, I yeah. guarantee it. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. He's wow. like, this This has one ice cube in this. <laughs> oh, like, I, I love how, like, Gary Stone's, like, slander oh, on Raymond Ford. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Michaela Mara, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hold on, hold on. Chris Mannix? Chris Mannix? Yeah, fuck that guy, man. Throw it yeah. on. <laughs> He's the worst. Fucking, oh, I gotta stop myself. But, like, I, I, I've got to know Chris Mannix from covering a bunch of, you know, fights, right? Yeah. And the first time he looks at you, like, don't even bother talking to me. But then, like, you know, I'm there with Jake Donovan, and, and I'm talking to, you know, Josh Franco, and then he'll come up and talk to you. It's like, but you didn't want to, like, you wouldn't acknowledge me when I was being friendly, like, two minutes ago, right? Like, I could just, like, and he's dating, what's your name, by the way? Did you know that? He's Ooh, dating Sinisa Estrada? No. Oh, yes. They yeah. went on dates. I, well, they went on a couple dates. Like, They're together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, Three or four. She can't hours. do better than him. She's got her own money. She doesn't need him. Like she can't do better than him. I'm not no shade of Chris Maddox. Well, a little bit of shade, but like, no, he's not a good looking guy. Is he, Melody? Chris Maddox is handsome. Yeah. Sanessa, boo boo, you can do better. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw any shade, but like Chris Maddox is a four, right? He's not a good looking guy. Sanessa, go get yourself Pete Davidson. You can do that. Like, what are you talking about? That'd be perfect. Because she's like a stunner, right? Like I saw, and like you see her in a fight, and she's attractive. She was at the fight, all dressed up, like she looks like a supermodel. Like, yeah, yeah. She's, she's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm so in love. With and her. talk about like great personality, like oh, pleasant person so to be nice. around. I love it when she says my name. Like she said my name. Sanessa said like, "Oh, hey, Melody, can you get the? Oh my God, can, hey, Melody, can you take me to the back? Oh, Sanessa, thank you. That it made Calm my. Down. Remember Calm that down. time? Remember the time? Uh, I'm sorry. I know you're. You have a. You're in love. I with love Sunise. Yes. She's so nice. She is probably not mean to the waiters. She was. <laughs> tips really good, and she's like, they she need it. <laughs> Chris is all. Stop it. Give it back. Yeah, you don't need to give them. Chris tips. would be the one to take it off the table when she left. Fuck, he dick. would. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's that was the most shocking news on this entire show that Chris Mannix is dating Sinessa Estrada. I'm, I can't believe you didn't know. I didn't even share that with you. I'm sorry. That maybe that's too bad. Yeah, it's not. It was like when Caleb like, Plant like and Jordan Hardy started dating. Like it wasn't. They they weren't slow playing. It, right? I remember being at a fight that Jordan was working and like Caleb was getting like handsy with her. I'm like, and then like three months later they were engaged. I'm like, I'm oh, not okay. well, wait, when you guys <laughs> find out the other one that I know, remember the one that I know. Oh, when wait, people find out about that, no, it is not public yet. It has not been public yet at all. What? No, I know they were. They were. She was. She told him to go ahead, but no, it has not been public yet. So when people find this one out, you, the UK, UK is gonna fucking rage. UK gonna go nuts for that one. They're gonna yeah. rage. It doesn't involve Ebony Bridges. Oh no, she's Australian. We cannot confirm or deny. Okay, so. yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna um, take that as a yes. Not, yeah, I'm not looking. At Strip in the case. private chat. Strip in the private chat. Forget. Yeah, Gary, you got it. Oh, uh, do you want me to leak it? Almost said out the names no, no, as no, I'm no, typing. No, 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 no. That's stupid. That's stupid. 
how do you spell? Also on the card, guys, Sam Noakes, the great UK prospect. Someone I'll mean, he, on. He's actually pretty good. Um, Sam Noakes. There's that white dude, the buff white dude. You must have missed it. He looked real good. I must have Denzel missed. Bentley knocked out Karrion Smith. I like Denzel Bentley. Good to see that. That was a good win. Um, and that's it for fights that I care about on the card. Uh, what else was this weekend? Uh, Prince Patel fought on another card. Prince Patel? On, uh, I forget. Oh like, it was a boxer card. I forget what promotion it was. And then, I don't have any idea. Then it- we had 360 on Friday with Tom Loeffler. That had a L.A. sort of grudge match between Omar Trinidad and Adonis Ochoa. Adonis Ochoa has been on a couple of top-ranked shows, uh, for those that maybe don't know them. Um, Omar, Omar Trinidad beat up Adonis Ochoa. It was, it was lovely to see. Nice eight rounds. It was That's great. That's a quality win, then. Like, if you beat up Adonis Ochoa, that means you're good, right? That yeah. means you're yeah. ready. Yeah. Omar beating him up, handling him is a good sign because that's a decent fighter. Omar is a prospect that's been very under the radar on LA, but he's one of the better LA prospects in my opinion. It, if you've been in the gyms in LA, he's one of the guys that just beats up people. Like he's yeah. mean. Every time he, he makes it, he makes it fun too. Like he's just a really full package. Yeah. To speak with what you want in a fighter. Especially not just a boxer, but a fighter. One thirty uh, pounder. One hundred twenty-five. One hundred twenty-six. One twenty-six. Okay. Yes, and he he's small for the division, so he can probably move down or up. To be honest, like if he needed to move down to one twenty-two to fight. Oh yeah, he could do it. A bigger name, he could he do, do it. it. Absolutely. Um, he's he's talented, guys. He's, he's he, wonderfully he, consistent. The fight was on UFC Fight Pass, but. Uh, you can probably find this stuff on. To put that, Adana Choa fought Eddie Vasquez more competitively than Raymond Ford did. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Also, and uh, then, Anderson and Silva's Anderson son, Silva. MMA legend Anderson Silva's son, found the card and looked like utter shit. Um, the opponent pushed the ref and was deducted a point. And if that didn't happen, it <laughs> would have been a draw. It would have been a draw on the card. So um, hilarious maybe, to see. Maybe boxing isn't for him. I don't no, know. I mean, why? Bad. One. Why, guy that was why did 0-6. he? Why did he pro debut in boxing over MMA. MMA? Like his dad. It's more money. That that's why. Well, honestly, like the if you're if the top level MMA fighters are getting yeah. guaranteed six hundred thousand dollars checks. You're a top level boxing person. You're getting five million. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a drastically different in terms of the paychecks. the paychecks at the top. So if you're thinking, hey, my son could go far, I would probably push some boxing over MMA. Um, it's just harder to get through that mix because it's so splintered as a as a sport. Uh, but he looked like shit. He fought a guy that was 0-6. and six. He got hurt. He only won because of the deductive point on his opponent. You know, I, I'm not high on it. It's, it's like other legends and their sons. Like, they all kind of suck. The only one that was ever kind of good was Chavez Jr. Yeah. And you don't think Conor Ben is good? He's he's not going to fight ever again, probably. He's going to fight in Texas. You could go to Texas boxing scene and see my interview with Eddie Hearn. And Eddie Hearn said that Texas has the best commission in the United States and one of the best commissions in the boxing world. The best commission to That's pay. That's like me yeah. saying that, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the best free throw shooters. It's like, Gary, you don't really Gary, mean that. Like, Gary, Gary. I guess best is subjective, right? Like, what do you mean by best? Like, 
he's the best teacher. He gives everyone an A. Okay, well, what do you mean by best, I suppose? Right, because my kid doesn't say I know him. Okay. <laughs> um, let's be honest, Gary. Texas is probably the worst commission. No, Florida, don't you dare. It's the worst of the major commissions, no. right? I, no, Florida doesn't get any fights. So that's why Florida Florida's never in the discussion. Douchebags. Florida. If you talk about, I guess New Jersey is not one of the major names, but New York, California, Texas, and Nevada, like, Texas yeah. is, they go to get lights. Tommy Morrison went to Texas to get uh, light there. Margarito for a reason, right? Like, Evander Holyfield couldn't get licensed in New York, so he went to Texas. Like, business license in Delaware. Um, there's a reason. Uh, what's his name? Um, the Venezuelan fighter that killed himself and killed his wife. Edwin. Uh, Edwin Valero. Yeah, he fought in Texas. He that's oh, that yeah. was the only place he could get licensed. That was how he got licensed too. Is yeah, it was after Texas. head injury, yeah. which he shouldn't have gotten. It was a car accident, right? Motorcycle accident. Motorcycle accident. Um. Anyways. Digressing from that, uh, but it was cool to see Anderson Silva in the house. Yeah, we, and I, and of course we had like Ellie was there, at least setback was there because of Ellie. you know, and he's asking Tom Lofner, "What do you think about Nate Diaz? Huh? What do you think?" We're not going to talk about Nate Diaz, Jake Paul. If anyone listening, <laughs> I don't care about that. I mean, I'll watch it morbidly curious, but I don't want to see Jake Paul knock out Nate Diaz. I don't even see that in my life. It's it's gonna be rough. Yeah. Um, Ozzy Lopez, good LA guy, friend of ours. He found the car, had a draw. He just wasn't active enough. No, honestly. and this guy was good. Remember? Yeah, four Not and two. Good. He just he just was a little bit more. Um... He's four and two, and all four wins by knockout. As a B side, that's potentially yeah, tough pretty, for pretty for tough, yeah. a, a new fighter. Gloria uh, Mangilla, mm-hmm. that's her last name. Uh, now three and zero. Uh, she's fighting out of the same gym as Omar Trinidad and Arno Barboza. Um, she looked pretty good as well. And then there was a Marv Nation show as well, but we didn't watch that. And then I think we're missing one of the show this weekend, or is that it? That's all I have on the screen. I believe that's it, everybody. I think that might be it. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. But you, I mean, if we did miss something on this show, I'm sure we wrote about it. So you should check out our articles. (laughs) And I will say for anyone listening right now, tomorrow, or if you're listening, actually, it's today, Monday, yeah. uh, live on all three of our YouTubes. Uh, definitely remember to put in the comment section a question, topic you want us to talk about on right. Wednesday's show. Because mm-hmm. most of you are on Patreon, so you're not watching the live show. Understandable. Um, but leave a comment and when we post it for free the next day so we can talk about whatever questions you have on the following show. So your questions do get answered. We do get some engagement with you guys that are listening and watching. I uh, would really appreciate that. Um, I think that's it guys. Final thoughts time, Gary, final thoughts. Um, nothing really. Uh, follow me all forms of social media, 3d boxing, 3d boxing blog. Also subscribe to uh, my YouTube channel, Texas boxing scene. Some great content. I just added on that. Uh, it is April 16th, 2023. And Texas is still not a country. From Texas to the world, thank you and God bless. Melody, final thoughts? Let people know where to find you. Of course, everybody can find me at thebeautyofboxing.com. And we've just updated it. So there's new articles, new photo dumps. And of course, our thoughts about everything on the weekend. So go check us out there. And Instagram, Twitter, all Beauty of Boxing. You can find us. Remember, hit the like button, share the show, all that fun stuff. You're watching the next day on YouTube. Remember, you can watch it live on patreon.com forward slash training now network. 
Make sure you check out our articles on the beauty of boxing. Check out Gary's channel, the Texas Boxing Scene. Um, what else? What else? I should be out with another article that's uh, political uh, on MountTiePress.com. Check that out. I believe it should be coming out on Tuesday. And Wednesday, we'll be live again talking about Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. And that will be out for the public on Thursday. Um, so all of you that are watching this on Monday and wondering when we're going to talk about Ryan Garcia and Javante, Thursday for you guys that aren't on Patreon. It's fight week. Yes, yes. I'm very excited for this one. Um, and obviously, we're going to dive deep into it yeah. on Wednesday's show. So make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash training now network to uh, catch it live. Uh, I'm Matthew Hunter. Find me, Matt Hunter, MCR, all social media platforms. Uh, and have a good evening. Peace.